We're going to have our first reading. There'll be a few of them today from Mark's Gospel. I'm going to read from chapter 14, verse 43. You can follow in your Bibles or otherwise today you might just want to sit there and reflect and the words will be on the screen. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man, arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. Mark fourteen fifty five. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this man-made temple and in three days we'll build another not made by man. Yet even their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses? he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists and said, Prophesy! And the guards took him and beat him. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin reached a decision. They bound Jesus, led him away and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things, so Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the feast to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of envy that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd. 
to have Pilate and the pardon they stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one that you call king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him! They shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas over to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Imagine that. Imagine being Barabbas in that moment. There you are on that very first Good Friday morning. There you are waking up in prison. This is not something out of the ordinary for you. Prison's been your life for a while now. You see, Barabbas was a bit of a thug, a street thug. He'd murdered people in the past. There was this uprising. Maybe Barabbas was part of organising it. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he just made the most of the opportunity. We're not sure. But during the uprising... Barabbas struck. He took the life of people. And then he got caught. And now he's in prison. And pretty soon he's facing the death penalty. So imagine being Barabbas. Waking up on that Friday morning, wondering how you'll pass the day. Waiting for the day that they come to end your life hoping it's not today, dreaming of being on the outside again. Imagine being Barabbas. Then you hear the guards coming. Only this time they don't come to give you the regular crumbs for breakfast. This time they drag you out and you think to yourself, well, this is it. The last few moments of this world for you. Imagine being Barabbas. And the guards, they drag you up out of the prison. And the first thing you do is, actually, it's close your eyes. It's, it's avert your eyes because it's so light. It's so bright outside. The sun is blinding. You haven't seen it in days and days and days. And so the guards, they, they go on and they drag you out. And you keep blinking to try, and, to try and understand what's going on, to try and let your eyes do their work again. And the noise of a crowd draws closer and closer. And when your eyes can finally make sense of what's going on, there you are in front of this noisy crowd, this angry mob. Imagine being Barabbas. You start to look around and get more aware of what's happening beside you. And you notice you're not alone, actually, up there in front of the crowd. There's the Roman governor, Pilate, and there's Jesus beside him. So you'd heard about Jesus before. Everyone heard about Jesus, even in people in prison. Here's some kind of teacher, or a healer, a miracle worker. Some people called him a prophet. Who knows? And here he is with Pilate, and you start to wonder to yourself, well, maybe Jesus got into politics somehow. But as your eyes keep adjusting to the daylight, well, you start to notice the bruises on Jesus' face, the black eyes the handcuffs and the shackles. And it dawns on you, Jesus isn't here as a politician. Jesus is here as a prisoner. He's just like you. And you think to yourself, what's gone so wrong for him? And that's when you notice the crowd again. They're noisy. No, 
they're, they're more than noisy. They're chaotic. They're on the verge of a riot. And in that moment of confusion where, where everything is just coming to you, turn to the guard and you ask him, hey, what's going on? Oh, but that's a mistake. Your mouth went into gear before your brain. You remember, uh, you know, you're not supposed to say anything to the guard. So you, you, you brace yourself and you wait for his fist to beat down on you, but it doesn't come. And so you look up at the guard again and you see him smirking at you. And then to your surprise, he tells you the story of what's just happened. He tells you Jesus has made these, some of the Jewish rulers, Jewish authorities upset. They didn't like him, something about religion, something about the temple, something about being a special person. Not much of it made sense to the guards, you see. But he says that the Jewish leaders, they arrested Jesus. It happened just last night. They arrested him. They had a little trial amongst themselves and apparently it was complete sham, he tells you. The guard says they just drummed up witnesses who couldn't even get their own stories together. Eventually, they all just accused him of blasphemy and they brought him here to Pilate. And now he's come before Pilate and, and, and Jesus has been asked a few questions, but most of the time, Jesus doesn't answer. And even when he does, clearly he's done nothing wrong. At least nothing so bad as what the Jewish leaders are saying he's done. The guard tells you, Pilate's afraid the crowd will riot. So he's come up with a plan. And that's where you come in, Barabbas. He's told the crowd he's going to let a prisoner go. They can either choose Jesus or you. And they know Jesus is innocent. They know he's done nothing wrong. And Barabbas, they know you're a murderer. So who are they going to choose, Barabbas? They're going to choose Jesus. And then for you, well, he doesn't need to finish his sentence, does he? Because you know what he's saying. You're about to die. And yes, you know you're guilty, but... Surely your life shouldn't end this way, should it? Imagine being Barabbas. Finally, Pilate gets the crowd to calm down enough to hear him. Then he asks the crowd his question. He asks them, Do you want for me to release to you the king of the Jews? He motions towards Jesus. In that moment, you notice your heart is racing. Bang, 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 bang. Your palms are getting sweaty. It's... Your eyes, they're watering. No, 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 they're not watering. It's, it's tears. You're crying. You don't want to die like this. Not now. Imagine being Barabbas. And before Pilate can get to your name, you hear a murmur in the crowd. And one of the Jewish leaders yells out your name, Barabbas! There's that one split second of complete silence everywhere. But then someone else cries out, Barabbas! Yeah, release Barabbas! And another, Barabbas! And another, Barabbas! Pretty soon it seems like the whole crowd is calling out your name, Barabbas! Barabbas! You begin to wonder, am I hearing things? And then it dawns on you, wait a moment, this, this is your freedom. If people keep crying out your name, well, Pilate's got to let you go. And that's exactly what happens, the crowd keeps crying out, Barabbas! 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 You notice your heart, it's, it's still racing, but, but no longer with fear. Now it's, your heart is racing with joy. You feel a cold sweat, but it's got nothing to do with anxiety. It's, it's relief. It's utter relief. It's anticipation that's rushing through your body now as you think, what could be? It's really happening. You're going to get a second chance. 
you sneak a peek at the guard who looks completely dumbfounded. The same is said for Pilate. Imagine being Barabbas. Because this is it, you're free. After a while, the guard comes over and he takes off your handcuffs. He gets the shackles off your ankles. And you take that long-awaited first step of freedom. The guard starts to lead you away towards the prison exit. Imagine being Barabbas. But you stop. You become aware of the, the noisy crowd again. They're not shouting your name anymore. They're shouting something different now. They're shouting, crucify, crucify him, crucify. And you know their shouts aren't directed at you. Their shouts are now directed at Jesus. And you hear Pilate yell out, why? What crime has he committed? What's he done wrong? The crowd doesn't answer. They just keep shouting louder and louder and louder. Crucify him, crucify him. And it's at that moment you realize, as you're being led away, you realize your freedom will cost Jesus his life. Imagine being Barabbas. What are you thinking at that moment? The guard tugs on your arm. It's time to go. He leads you towards the, the exit door of the prison. And in that moment, you hear Pilate just, just give up. He hands over an innocent one. An innocent one who's going to be crucified now. And as you're walking out the prison exit, you hear a sound, horrible sound. The guards, they start flogging Jesus, preparing him to be crucified. And you think to yourself again, my freedoms come at the cost of Jesus' life. Imagine being Barabbas. You walk out the prison gates. What next? Maybe, maybe you decide to join the crowd. Maybe you join the crowd and you follow the crowd up to the cross, up to where Jesus is crucified. And maybe you watch. You see the two other criminals put up and crucified beside Jesus. And you think to yourself, but Jesus is out of place here. He's not a criminal. That's where I should be. You start to hear some of the Jewish leaders mock Jesus. He saved others. They sneer, but he can't save himself. And you know that by being up there, Jesus has saved you. Time rolls on and you hear Jesus cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, again, you understand. He's forsaken so that you might not be. And not long after that, you hear another cry come out from Jesus. Only this time, there's no words. He just breathes his final breath. And then he dies. And that thought goes through your head again. Your freedom has come at a cost. Your freedom, your new life has come at the cost of Jesus' life. You're the guilty one, but you're walking free. And instead, there's an innocent man who's taken your place. That's what you deserve, but Jesus has taken it for you instead of you. Imagine, imagine being Barabbas.
I've got a friend. This friend has a big tattoo across his chest. In, in big, bold letters, the tattoo says, I am Barabbas. His name's not actually Barabbas. His name's Ben. But he's got this tattoo because he completely identifies with the experience of Barabbas. Now, Ben's not a murderer. He's never spent a night of his life in jail. Unless he's been lying to me, he doesn't have a criminal history at all. So how does he identify with Barabbas? See, Ben has never offended the police or the law or the country. But actually, he realises he's done something far worse. Ben has offended God. See, Ben has lived in God's world and he's enjoyed many of the good things that God has given him. The sunshine, the beaches, his wife, his family, his trip overseas, his education, the, the, the breath that constantly comes in and out of his lungs. Ben's enjoyed it all, all these good things that God has given him. But he didn't want God. He wanted the gifts God gave him, but he didn't want the God who gave him the gifts. That's not just Ben's story, though. That's, that's my story, too. Isn't it your story? We may not be murderers like Barabbas, but we've offended God. And that's why Ben got the tattoo. That's why Ben identifies himself with Barabbas. Barabbas was the guilty one, and, and he walks free. And instead, Jesus, the innocent one, well, Jesus suffers and dies. Ben's the guilty one. And before God, I'm the guilty one. And you're the guilty one too. And yet we can go free. We can be saved. Because Jesus died on the cross. And when he died, Jesus took the punishment that Ben deserved. That I deserve. That you deserve. He did it so we can walk free, so we can be saved. Just like Barabbas, our freedom, our salvation, it, it comes at a cost. But Jesus is the one who pays that cost. This is how a different part of the Bible puts it. Christ suffered for sins. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. Just like Barabbas, we're the unrighteous ones, the guilty ones. But we don't suffer punishment for sin, punishment for offending God. Jesus is the righteous one, the innocent one, and he suffers instead of us. He dies in our place. And of all the Fridays in the year, that's what makes this Friday Good Friday. Because I'm Barabbas, guilty before God, and yet because of Jesus, I'm set free. Jesus takes my penalty. Now I can come back to God. What about you? Is today the day that you want to come back to God too? That's what Easter is really all about. Easter is all about God's great plan to reconcile us, to bring us back to him. So... Is today the day you want to come back to God? 
If it is, that's wonderful. And know this. Know that because of what Jesus has done, God stands ready, willing, and waiting for you to come back. And here at Trinity Northeast, well, we want to help you do that, help you come back to God. One of the ways you could, we'd like to help you to do this is uh, through the contact card. Stephen mentioned these little slips before they're in your outline. There's a box on one of the sides up the top that says, I'd like to find out more about Jesus. So if that's you, if today you'd like to come back to God, pop a tick in that box. Maybe pop your name down and some way to get in touch with you, phone number or an email. What we'll do, someone from church here will just be in touch with you. And as much as we can, all we'll do is try and help you as you start a new life where you've now come back to God. Maybe today you're not quite ready to come back to God just yet. Maybe you've got a burning question or you're not quite sure what it would look like, what it means to come back to God. Maybe there's something else entirely. And if that's you, that's, that's okay. That's totally okay. But again, at Trinity Northeast Church here, well, we, we'd love to help you wrestle with these questions that you've got. Wrestle with who God is and, and who Jesus is, what it means for you. And if you'd be happy to, to have those conversations with us, we'd love to help you out there. Why don't you tick that same box on the, on the, on the slips? Don't worry, you're not signing away, away your life to anything. We'll, we won't keep bugging you year after year after year. Someone will just get in touch. And as much as we can, we'll help you out thinking through those questions. So we think what Jesus has done is just so, so brilliant. We want you to know that for yourself. There'll be others here today and you've already come back to God. And if that's you, well, great. I'm really glad you're here today. Of all the days in the year, I'm glad you're here today because today is a day that we we celebrate. We, with a certain sense of sobriety, we celebrate what Jesus has done for us. Just like Barabbas, we're guilty. And just like Barabbas, the innocent Jesus takes our place. So friends, if you've already come back to God, I want to encourage you on this Good Friday, be thankful. Be thankful to Jesus for what he has done. And don't just be thankful today or tomorrow, but let thankfulness mark out your life always. I don't need to imagine what it's like to be Barabbas. I am Barabbas. I'm guilty, just like him. And yet Jesus, the innocent one, Jesus, the one who is completely guilt-free, Jesus has taken my place. Is today the day that you want to come back to God? Let me pray for us. Our Father in heaven, we're saddened to consider the death of the Lord Jesus. Saddened to think that the reason he went to the cross was because we had done wrong by you. We had offended you. And yet we praise you for your great plan of rescue. 
the way that you have brought us back to you through Jesus. Father, please help us respond to you today, coming back to you, being thankful to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.